You're listening to the Writing Momentum Podcast with authors Christopher and Gina Mazzelli, where you'll discover more about writing, publishing, building your author brand, and selling your book. Now, here's your hosts, Chris and Gina. Hello, and welcome to the Writing Momentum Podcast. I'm Christopher Mazzelli, and I'm here with my wife, Gina Maselli. Hi, we're so glad you're here with us. Today, we're talking about a topic that is pretty near and dear to our hearts, and especially for Chris. And it is all the things you can write for children. Yeah, you can write all kinds of things for children. I am amazed so many times when I talk to people who want to write for children. And the thought is, oh, I want to go ahead and I want to write picture books. Or I want to write the next Twilight YA series, right? Mm -hmm. We tend to think of those two things as everything that you can write for children. But the truth is, there is a wide range of material that you can write for children between and really around all of those age groups, as well as there's in each age group, there's fiction and nonfiction. Absolutely. I remember being a very young mom with very young kids. And let me tell you, the one thing that was always in my diaper bag and Chris's diaper bag, he (laughs) right there with me, (laughs) was I had a slew of little board books. So when we went out to restaurants, I, boy, it was like a picnic that mom opened up on the table for my kid, for our kid to just, here's a board book. And they would, they started young. So let's talk about those board books. Yeah, board books are those small handheld books, usually made of thick cardboard. Kids like to gnaw on, the newborns like to gnaw on them and that sort of thing as their teeth come in. And so that's how you can usually identify them because they've got teeth marks in them. But someone had to write those, right? There's usually not a lot of words in those Mm -hmm. books. This would be something that on a Microsoft Word document would be one page. There might be so little. In fact, there are some board books that have no writing in them at all. They're all just pictures. Mm -hmm. And so that's something else you can create is the concept of a book like that and what would be included inside. Do you think that, let me ask you, on that kind of thing where it's a very heavy concept book, do you believe that a writer would that they would be the one to initiate that? Or do you think it would be more of an illustrator or an artist? It can be either because okay. it depends if the writer has a certain amount of knowledge about the way something works. For instance, I'm thinking of, is it Etana, what's her last name? I want to say oh, Coben, but Etana, you'll see her books. Her books are called Black and White. She had done studies and knew that children saw black and white before they actually saw color. So she, her concept was, let's create a series of board books that are black images on white paper and white images on black paper. And that it was nothing but the concept, but she came up with that as the creator. Now, whether, I don't know whether she designed those herself or wrote them or what, but that concept came to her as a creator and she carried it out. Absolutely. And like you said, most board books are fiction-based. They're creative, but some, not all of them. There are nonfiction ones. There's the colors or the numbers or the, I don't know, like the trucks. There's a lot of nonfiction. Nonfiction. When it comes to that. So, about yeah. learning. so that's one type of book that we're talking about today. What's another one, Chris? Of course, I mentioned picture books. Picture books are very common. They're usually 32 pages and it, they are with picture books. So there's a wide range of those, right? You've got Fiction stories, you've got nonfiction stories. Some of them have more writing in them than others. 
I think everyone's pretty familiar with picture books yeah. because that's what a lot of people look for. If you go to the library, the great thing about picture books is that when you start writing them, you really, you want to read a lot of them. But what's great is that they're so easy to read and so quick. So you can go to your local library and you can read a hundred picture books in a sitting and just get all that inside you and just start to see the commonalities. When I was in school, I went back to school to learn more about writing and I read literally thousands of picture books in that experience. And in doing that, it was really a way just to, it gets inside you and it's fun. You can just go to the library and yeah. spend all day there. You don't have to spend any money. You can even go to Barnes and Noble and do it. <laughs> well, and we do want to say there are different styles and mm -hmm. even within the fiction, you've got, you might have history, you might have geography, you might have just different stories. So you might have more of a fantasy style or you might have more of a historical fiction. So there are different, even within the picture book market, there yes. are some different genres or subgenres within that. And I'll tell you, Chris, when we, when our kids were small, I fell in love with a nonfiction picture books because, and as Chris said, there are different, there's a different amount of words can be on the page. That depends on who the market is, who the reader is. If it's a picture book for a younger kindergarten age, that's going to be a certain, you're going to be writing to that group and it's going to be shorter sentences. It's going to be simpler sentences, simpler words versus writing for an upper elementary. That's going to be a little bit more. But I'll tell you, picture books, nonfiction picture books, the ones that really fall into the STEM category and that's science, technology, engineering, and mathematics for STEM. STEM adds in art. Science, technology, engineering, art, and mathematics. Those uh, traditional publishers are looking for those because why? Who's wanting those? Not only what? the parents, but also who? Libraries, schools, big market for that. And I think this is such a wide open market because most of us, when we think about writing picture books, we're thinking, or even children's books, we're thinking, we're coming at it from a creative standpoint and we're thinking about fiction. Right. We're thinking, oh, I want to tell this fantastic story. And that's great. But that is a much more competitive market than the nonfiction side of this. So if you want to write a science book that has science principles in it, that's based on a true story or it's just about the principles, you're going to find a much wider open market for that than you would for the fiction side, yeah. just because there's not as, not as many people are writing that. So there's not as much competition. And if I could just, as a homeschool mom, throw a plug in there, those of you who have really interesting historical events or scientific things that are within your areas, there's like just a wealth of information that you have at your fingertips about local history, about local theology or local science type situations that you've got going on. When Chris and I were traveling the country with our kids several years ago, it's been several, it's been five years ago that yep. we were doing this. We went around to 35 states in a year and it was wonderful. But we went to a lot of different things that were historical in nature that were there that maybe had something with the Native American population that those people stories that came from there their history what other natural history well, did bottom we line go to a museum go to your local museum or other national park area anything mm -hmm. like that and you will find that so many of these exist 
because they have a great story or a series of stories behind them. If you go to a museum based on the Civil War, you're going to have all kinds of stories. You can take those stories and you can turn them into children's books. And again, this is now nonfiction, so you're not going to have as much competition. And you can create picture books from there. You can create chapter books, middle grade books, YA books. Those are some of the other ones we're going to talk about here in a moment. But any of those can mm -hmm. be a great source yeah. of inspiration. It's stuck. Just go to your local museum. <laughs> now, Chris, what is a chapter book? You talked about that. What is yeah. that? So a chapter book is the next step up from picture books. So generally, you've got your newborn books, which are more books. Then you've got ages about two to, let's say, six or so, which is your picture books. And then ages about six to eight, it's a small range, are generally your chapter books. These are books like your Captain Underpants or your Boxcar Children, right? They've got short chapters. There's usually maybe one subplot, if that. It's very straightforward, but they're very fun to write because kids are starting to see the, the depth in their books. And, and by the way, when I mention these different age groups, none of those are hard rules, right? I know there are kids who are eight years old who love picture books. And yeah. there are kids who are six years old. They can read a, a middle grade book. We've seen that happen all the time, but we still, we delineate these on different age groups just to, just for clarification. And it's important for you as the writer to be aware of what those are mm -hmm. and to be aware that, especially if you're going to be traditionally published and really independently published too, you need to know, Chris and I have always said, you need to know who your market is. So if you are writing a picture book, you don't necessarily want to write it with words that would be on like an eighth right. or ninth grade level. You want to make sure that you're getting on the right level for the right market. Yeah. It's the majority, not counting the outliers, but the majority of who your readership is. That's exactly right. Tips like this can really help propel what you do when you do writing for children. Learning from others really makes a big difference. That's why one of the things that we are excited to be a part of is the Children's Book Mastery Summit that happens every single year. If you go to writing.fyi slash cbm, that's Children's Book Mastery, writing.fyi slash cbm, you will find this wonderful summit that our friend Karen, <laughs> I always say Karen, and it's Karen, that she puts on, and it's wonderful. She gets to get a whole bunch of writing professionals and publishing professionals just to talk about children's books. And the best part of it is that as they're recorded each week, those sessions are completely free. And that's going on this week as we release this podcast. If you're interested in watching those messages and you're listening to this in real time, go to writing.fyi cbm and you can become part of the Children's Book Mastery Summit. I talk about children's book blunders in that summit this year, and you talk about... I'm talking about literary techniques that you can include in your children's writing that can yeah. really elevate that writing to bring your word pictures alive. In addition to us, there's at least a dozen other speakers. Oh, over and 25. Again, it's completely free. You're welcome to enjoy it. But if you'd like the videos to save and watch later, or if you're listening to this at a later date, you'd still like to be a part of what's going on with the Children's Book Mastery Summit, then just go ahead and go to writing.fyi slash cbm, and you can actually still go ahead and get those videos. There's a small cost associated with it because they're having to host those on the servers, but it's very affordable. And I do want to point out also that the Children's Book Mastery Summit is an international event. That's right. This is not just what's happening in America. This is an international book event 
from people speaking into it from around the world. So it's a beautiful opportunity. So please don't miss it. Yeah. And if you're looking at some of these areas that we're talking about, board books, picture books, chapter books, you'll find there are sessions dedicated just to those kinds of books there. So the next kind of books that we want to talk about are after chapter books, are middle grade books. This is my sweet spot. This is what I wrote to for years and then still love writing to. It's ages 8 to 12. And these are kids who where you can use multiple subplots. You can really start to do a full on just regular book the way you think about regular books. It's really more just the subjects that you're taming back a little bit that you may not cover certain things that you would otherwise like in YA books. Right. Definitely. I think it's I think they're really fun because they're at that age where they're a very quick read. They're still easy for parents to read to their kids. You do that chapter a night kind of thing, but it's a little bit deeper than, it's definitely deeper than just a 32-page picture book. So it's got a deeper story, a more intricate story with greater characters. And again, you can just really use that to just get kids interested in reading for themselves. And they don't have pictures in them. I think that's one of the bigger things that you start to see, even with chapter books, there's usually a small illustration at the beginning or throughout the book. When you're getting into these middle grade books, these really are full novels without pictures, but that can be just this beautiful transition time for your reader. Yes. And then finally, there are young adult books. These are the books like The Twilights that (laughs) that so many people are familiar with. And they are just an interesting bridge between children's books and books for adults. Because A lot of times kids, once they reach age 13, 14 year old, a lot of times they'll go straight to books for adults. So what keeps kids in the YA genre is generally the the type of book it is. And that is usually it's fantasy, science fiction, or it deals with things in high school, those kind of subjects. Mm -hmm. So kind of the subject matter that makes it a YA book more than maybe even a lot of the writing itself. The main characters being kids. There's definitely a crossover here because I would think Hunger Games. Yeah, Hunger Games. um, And what's the other one I'm thinking of? Just some of the dystopian, the the divergent. Those were books, even Harry Potter. And Harry Potter was really considered, I think, a middle grade when it began, but it grew. As Harry grew, so did the... (laughs) But how many of us as adults really enjoyed those books? So even Tolkien's books, I think, would be considered YA books. So, yeah, these are books that really can cross over. There are a lot of subgenres. Now, Chris and I can't go into all the subgenres here, Mm -hmm. but there are subgenres within the YA books. Chris said there's fantasy, there's the dystopian, Mm -hmm. there's science fiction, there's just all sorts of different books and genres there. But even within that, there are those books that are classified as clean. Yes. And some of the publishers, the traditional publishers mm-hmm. putting these out. There are books that are within more of the Christian inspirational. So there are different subgenres to this as well that we just encourage you to check out and see what books are showing up in those different subgenres. So, but here's the thing. It's not just about board books, picture books, chapter books, middle grade, YA books, there are also all the other things that you can write for all of those age groups that make all the things that you can write for children possible. For instance, you can write magazine articles. People all the time, they never think about magazine articles. Do you know if you write a magazine article in a children's magazine, chances are more kids will see it than will actually see a book that you write because they have very large subscription base. So if their subscription base goes out to 120,000 kids around the world, that's 
probably more books than you would sell. So it's amazing. You can also do activity books. You can do devotionals and Bibles. You can do graphic novels. I've written graphic novels and I've written comics mm -hmm. and I don't illustrate at all, but I know how to write those kinds of things so that illustrators can then turn them into actual right. comics and graphic novels. And those are the kind of things when we talk about writing for children, if you see something written for children, the back of the cereal box, someone had to write that. Yeah, I think that's the thing that really can just make people wake them up to how big this market is, yes. that it is not just I'm going to write a picture book or it's not just I'm going to write a YA novel. It really is. There is so much that you mm -hmm. can write for this. And when Chris was even talking about activity books, I mean, that encompasses not only puzzles, but also trivia, any type of trivia thing. Yes. You've done some really fun, like code breaker type yes, work. A lot of code where you've had the short mysteries or like the short yeah, the stories. Solve yourself mysteries and short stories. Kind Those of the Encyclopedia Brown kind mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah. There's just so much opportunity. So if you have a heart and a desire to write for children, there is so much out there. We just encourage you to go to your local library and just Take an afternoon and just start looking around. There is so much there and so that you don't just limit yourself. And I would even say also, if you are a children's book writer, that you are writing maybe fiction and you have a desire to write a middle grade fiction book, that's great. But you know what? There are some complimentary products that you might be able to write around that. So that book is not standalone, but maybe you do come out with an activity book to support it. Or maybe you do come out with a trivia book or some kind of nonfiction offshoot. And before you know it, you can create yourself a line instead of just that standalone book. 100%. Hey, if you've been writing for children, we'd love to hear what you have written. Go ahead and let us know. And if you have an opportunity to attend the Children's Book Mastery Summit, we'd love to see you there. We've got sessions on there. And uh, again, that's at writing.fyi slash cbm for Children's Book Mastery. Writing.fyi slash cbm. Meanwhile, if you know someone else who enjoys writing or writing for children and you think this podcast would help them, please go ahead and share it with them. That's the best way to get the news out. And then also, if you can leave a review, it means so much to us when people leave reviews. And just let us know that they enjoy these episodes. But yeah, we never do this alone. We're not writing in a box, even though sometimes it seems as writers like we do. It's not a solitary activity. It's something that we do together. That's why we say that together we have writing momentum. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Writing Momentum Podcast with authors Christopher and Gina Maselli. Don't forget to subscribe and get the show notes at writingmomentum.com backslash podcast. Until next time, we hope that you have writing momentum.